Oh, she's trying to wake up. She's doing her best, wide awake. Say that with me. Wide well, as we start this year, that's been the focus, uh, is how we can live our lives wide awake. And I, I just want to welcome all those who are here on campus, wherever you're at, those watching online, all the different campus sites around the Bay Area. Uh, this is Super Bowl Sunday, of course, and uh, someone, one of my friends sent me a picture. They know I'm a football fan, and here was the picture. It said, you should be as excited about church as about the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so when your pastor makes a point this Sunday, pour Gatorade on his head. <laughs> I don't know about that, but oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well... I'm wide awake now, amen, whatever it takes, but that's really my heart and my desire. I don't want to sleepwalk my way through 2018. Instead, I want to live with my eyes wide open every day to new possibilities, new opportunities. I, well, what happened to Pastor Ken? He just seems so alive this year. What happened to him? Have people been throwing Gatorade on his head? Well, actually, what happened is I've been praying a prayer every day. God, wake me up before I die. And God answered my prayer, and I got woke. Can we give God praise? Amen. When God does that in your life. There's a Bible verse from Isaiah, and I'm going to invite you to read it out loud with me. Everybody, can we fill this place with the Word of God? Say it with me. Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. One more time. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Can we give God praise for his word? Amen. Last week, we thought about being wide awake to the people around us, how it takes teamwork to make the dream work. But today I want to talk about being wide awake to the tenacity within you, that it takes perseverance, it takes grit, if you're going to rise up and build. I heard about a teacher that, that she looked at her second grade, well, one of the little boys in her second grade class, and she says, why are, are you sticking your stomach out like that? And he said, well, teacher... This morning I saw the principal and I told him I had a stomach ache. And he said if I could stick it out till noon, then I could go home. <laughs> the ability to stick it out, to persevere, to have tenacity, grit. You know, the guru of grit, uh, today's contemporary guru, is a lady by the name of Angela Duckworth. And she's... She's, uh, well, uh, she's done TED Talks on it. She's written books on it. This whole subject of grit is so important to her that 
her and her husband, they actually do something with her child. And every year what they do is they pick out something new for them. And they all agree that they will do this together, such as learning to play an instrument. They pick something and then they say they're going to do it for a certain amount of time. And they are all in on this. And so even if they lose interest, you know, even if they, well, lose, you know, even if it's a grind for them, they all agree that they're going to finish what they start for this period of time because it's building tenacity and perseverance and grit into their lives. And she believes that studies show that the most important thing for you being a success in your life is not your talent. Talent matters. But study after study shows it's not your talent that's more, most important. It's tenacity. It's perseverance. It's plain, old-fashioned grit. And that's why for the next few moments, to be wide awake, that if we are going to rise up and build, if you're going to rise up and build your life, rise up and build your family, rise up and build your career, rise up and build your ministry, it takes grit, it takes tenacity. You know, there's a saying that goes, you got game? Well, today I'd like to change that up a bit and say, you got grit. Would you say that with me? You got grit. Say it again. You got grit. When we look at the story of Nehemiah, that's what we see in Nehemiah. We've been tracking his journey, and today one of the most famous phrases in Nehemiah's story has to do with grit and tenacity. In Nehemiah chapter 6, we read this. It's our memory verse for the week. And so I'm going to invite you to read it out loud with me and let this get in your spirit. Can we say it together, everybody? I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. Well, let's read it one more time. It's our memory verse. Say it with me. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. This is so important. Let it get in your spirit. Awaken the tenacity on the inside of you. Say it with me one more time. I am doing a great work, and I cannot come down. I will not come down. I will not come down to pessimism. I will not come down to criticism. I will not come down to cynicism. I will not come down to any other kind of ism. Because God had called us to rise up and build. We're doing a great work, and we will not come down. Hallelujah. Let that get in your spirit. I will not come down. Joe, will you come down? Criolla, will you come down? She will not come down. We're doing a great work. Ken, will you come down? We're doing a great work, and we will not come down. You got grit. Let's give God praise. Amen. I want that to get in your spirit. Let it be a faith declaration today. I got grit. Say that with me. I got grit. Now track with me on Nehemiah's journey. It's on your outline. There's three things I want you to notice. And the first one has to do with grit in the face of opposition. Grit in the face of opposition. 
that when it comes to Nehemiah, here is Nehemiah. Let's revisit his journey. Here he is. He has a dream to rise up and rebuild the walls and to repair the gates of Jerusalem. Now, back in that day, if a city like Jerusalem, if it didn't have gates and walls, that they were helpless and hopeless. They were defenseless. They had no way to protect themselves. And so here is Nehemiah. He has a dream to rise up and to rebuild and repair the city of Jerusalem. He has the favor of the king. He has the favor of the people. And most importantly, he has the favor of God. Can somebody say amen to that? The favor of God. Here he is. He's ready to rise up and build. And as soon as he rises up and he starts to build, he runs smack into the face of fierce persecution. We read about that opposition. We read about that opposition early on in the story. In Nehemiah chapter 2, it says, all of them laughed at us. What do you think you are doing, they asked. Are you turning against the king? Here's what's going on. There are people that are outside the city, and they've been taking advantage of the people inside the city because the people inside had no way to protect or defend themselves. They've been taking advantage of them. And if Nehemiah is successful, then that's going to change everything. And so these people around the city, they want to keep this city under their thumb. And so they're going to do everything they possibly can to stop this project from happening. Has that ever happened to you? That you have a dream in your heart to rise up and build. I mean, it's a good dream. It's a God dream. You have a dream in your heart to rise up and build. And you run right in to fierce opposition. And when you do, you start to scratch your head. You say, time out, wait a second. What's going on here? I have a dream. I thought it was a good dream. I have a dream. I thought it was a God dream. I have the blessing of God on my life. I have the favor of God on my life. If all of these things are happening, why have I run into such fierce opposition? Did I get this right? Did I get this wrong? Should I come down? Should I come down? In these moments, it can create confusion. And that's why the lesson from Nehemiah, the takeaway is so very important. That every time, listen friend, every time you make a decision and you say, let us rise up and build, somebody is going to say, let us rise up and stop them. I want to say that again. Every time you say, let us rise up and build, someone is going to say, let us rise up and stop them. That opposition 
is not the exception. Opposition is the rule. That's the lesson we learned from Nehemiah. And so when opposition shows up, we're not confused by it. We're not surprised by it. Instead, we know that by the grace of God, we can have the grit that we need to rise above the opposition that we will not come down. We're doing a great work, and we will not come down. Amen. We got grit. Hallelujah. Look at what Nehemiah says to the opposition. He says in Nehemiah chapter 2, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. See, we're doing a great work, and we will not come down. And God can give us the grace to rise above that opposition. Anytime you say rise up and build, years ago, we had a dream to rise up and build a charter school. Here at the church, it was a good dream. We believe it was a God dream that we could raise up a school that would serve the kids in our community, kids that would have a positive environment, kids that would receive a good education, kids that would prepare them from college, for college, kids from all different economic backgrounds. We believe it was a good dream, and we decided to rise up and build. But when we decided to rise up and build, guess what happens? Anytime you say, let us rise up and build, someone's going to say, let us rise up and stop them. And that's what happened to us. When we applied for our charter, they turned us down. They turned us down. But here's the thing. Even when you get turned down... It doesn't mean you have to come down. Wow, I'm going to say that again. Even when you get turned down, you don't have to come down. Even when you get turned down, you don't have to come down. And so we were doing a great work. We would not come down. And we applied to the county and the charter was granted by the county. And now here we are 11 years later, 11 years later, and look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah! That we have over 650 kids who are part of the school. Over 500 kids are on the waiting list to get into the school. That out of all the public high schools in California, our charter school has been ranked number nine in the state out of all the public high schools. There are over 20,000 public high schools in the country, and our charter school has been ranked number 72 out of 20,000. Can we give God praise? Hallelujah! And when it comes to the mission... Our school, 86% of our students are ethnic minorities. 20% of our students come from low-income families. Some of these kids are the first in their family to graduate from high school and go on to college. And we just had one student who he just received uh, from an Ivy League school, the University of Pennsylvania, he just received a scholarship for $250,000. Hello! 
Hello! Just because you get turned down doesn't mean you have to come down. I'm doing a great work, and I will not come down. God can give us the grace and the grit to rise above the opposition. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got grit. Say that with me. I got grit. I want that to get in your spirit like this little guy I found online up here. Oh, he says, I don't feel pain. Pain feels me. <laughs> Tenacity, perseverance. I got grit. Now, here's a second thing we see in Nehemiah's journey. And that has to do with grit in the face of trash talk. Grit in the face of trash talk. Trash talk. Way back... I mean, here these, the opposition Nehemiah is facing, when you read Nehemiah chapter 4, this opposition, they're going to try everything they can to stop Nehemiah. And they, what they do is they pick up their cell phones. Did you know they had cell phones back then? <laughs> they pick up their cell phones and they get on their Twitter feed and they start sending tweets out about Nehemiah and their project. Look at what they tweet. And then you can read this in Nehemiah chapter 4. It's right from the Bible. It says, just what are those Jews trying to do? Can they make their city new again? Well, that's trash talk. And then they tweet out, that's not enough. The stones from their city wall and buildings are piled up like trash. And everything has been badly burned. Can they use those stones to rebuild everything again? Well, that's not enough trash talk. They just keep going. And it says, they're putting up a stone wall, but suppose a fox climbs on top of it. Even that will break it down. And then the trash talk gets even nastier. They start talking about Nehemiah's mama. Can you believe that? <laughs> and they say, Nehemiah, your mama is so ugly, she threw a boomerang and it refused to come back. And that last one's not in the Bible. I just threw that in there. But the other ones are. And so what do you do when someone sends out a Twitter feed and they're trash talking you? What do you do? How do you respond? I was thinking about an old Irish tweet. I'm part Irish. And there's an old Irish tweet that goes like this. It says, may those who love us love us, and those that don't love us, may God turn their hearts and if he doesn't turn their hearts, may he turn their ankles. <laughs> so we'll know them by their limping. <laughs> right? I love that. One thing, what does Nehemiah do? One reason you can trust the Bible is because the heroes are so real and raw. If Nehemiah was making this stuff up, he wouldn't paint himself in a bad light. But here Nehemiah is very real and raw and talking about his own personal journey. That when he hears this trash talk in Nehemiah chapter 4, he's ticked. Listen to the prayer that he prays in Nehemiah chapter 4. He says, God, please listen to our prayer. Some people hate us. They're saying bad things about us. So let others say bad things about them. 
Let them be carried off like stolen goods. Let them be taken to another country as prisoners. Don't hide your eyes from their guilt. Don't forgive their sins. They have said bad things about the builders. If you can't change their hearts, turn their ankles. (laughs) Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? (laughs) Nehemiah is angry. But look at what Nehemiah does. This is so important. Everybody on campus, those watching online, all the different sites, look at what Nehemiah does. When all this trash talk is coming at him, what does Nehemiah do? He sets down his cell phone. Whoa. And instead of firing back on Twitter, he takes his anger and he brings it to God. Because God can handle your anger. Amen? Let's give God praise. God can handle your anger. And he can help you process your anger so that when you turn back to face your opposition, you don't have to come down to their level. I may be put down, but I don't have to come down. If they are trash talking me, I don't have to go down to the garbage dump with them. Instead, God can give me the grace and the grit to rise above the trash talk and take the high road. I'm doing a great work, and I won't come down. Amen? That's what God can give us. I want to share with you something that's very personal. I've never shared this in public, ever. But it's been over 20 years ago, and... Well, we're family here at Cathedral. And just to talk about how this has worked out. Years ago, we owned a television station. You can see some images. Doesn't that look like haircuts from the 80s? Amen. (laughs) And so uh, we had a television station that we owned. And none of the people we were in partnership with are up on these screens. So I just want to make that clear. But we had a television station that we owned, and then we got into a partnership, and it turned out to be a bad partnership. You never plan on getting into a bad partnership. You always plan on getting into a good partnership, but sometimes your partnerships turn bad. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Because you can't always control what other people do. And so when that happened, we felt like, well, we needed to dissolve the partnership. And so we walked with integrity and we kept our word. And one night I'm at home watching television and the people we had been in partnership with, they're on television and they're talking trash about my dad. Now talking about your mama is bad, but talking about your daddy is bad too. I love my dad. I'm tight with my dad. Don't you be talking trash about my dad. I'll go all Raider Nation on you, right? See? And so here they are. When you're a public figure, that's not easy. They're on TV talking to thousands of people, trash talking and lying about my dad. And I've got to be honest with you. I was angry. I didn't pray, God bless those who curse me. 
I was like Nehemiah. God, if you can't change your heart, turn their ankles. <laughs> right? I was angry. I was so angry to blow off some steam, I went out to the garage, got on my bike, and I went for my ride. And after a while, I, I calmed down. As soon as I hit Los Angeles, I was just fine. Amen. <laughs> but here's the takeaway. I took my anger and I turned it to God. Because I've learned you can be real and raw with God. That God can handle your anger. And God handled my anger and gave me the grace and the grit that when I'm being put down, I don't have to come down. And we were able as a family to rise above the opposition Rise above with grace and with grit and take the high road. And friend, when you rise above and you take the high road instead of coming down, you rise above and you take the high road. I have learned that God honors that. God blesses that. And the very next year, we had one of the best years at the church that we've ever had in attendance and in giving because when you choose to rise up and build, we're doing a great work and we will not come down. God will bless you and honor you. Can we give God praise? Give God something to work with. Hallelujah. Got grit. Say that with me. Got grit. You got grit. Look at someone and tell them, you got grit. I can see it in you. I can. I'm just speaking that over our lives today because if you're going to rise up and build your life, it takes perseverance and tenacity. It takes grit. And that brings us to the last thing. You know, where do you get that kind of grit from? Nehemiah, the grit, how it's connected to the great work that Nehemiah is doing. That's the last point, the grit and the great work. There is a, a film that's out. It's, it's really a great film called The Darkest Hour. And it gives you a glimpse into the life of Winston Churchill, the man who was the leader in England that led that nation to rise up and defeat the evil empire of Germany back in that day. And Winston Churchill, he was a, a fascinating leader. One of the things about Winston Churchill is they say he was an amazing communicator. And I read one of his speeches. The speech was only five minutes long. Five minutes. Take a lesson, Pastor Ken. Five minutes, he gives this incredible speech, and part of that speech reads this way, so powerful, never give in, never give in, never, 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 never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy, never give in. Where do you get that kind of tenacity, that kind of grit? Where does it come from? We learn something from the words of Nehemiah. The Nehemiah's opposition, they're doing everything they can. I mean, they try to ridicule him, but he won't come down. They try to threaten him, but he won't come down. So finally, they put their heads together and they say, we got it. Let's invite him to a meeting, and at the meeting, we'll assassinate him. That'll take care of the project. 
So they invite him to this meeting, but Nehemiah sees right through it. And that's where we read these amazing words of Nehemiah. Look at what he says to them. He says, I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent to me four times in this way and I answered them in the same manner. I am doing a great work and I will not come down. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. And there we find a clue to Nehemiah's tenacity. When you take these things, a great God and a great work, that's what gives you great grit. If you have a great God, and God has given you a great work. That's what gives you tenacity and perseverance and great grit to keep your eyes on the great God and the great work. And he gives you great grit. Where are my eyes focused this weekend? And one of the best examples of this is Jesus himself. Look at what Hebrews 12 says about Jesus. It says, let us run with perseverance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. How did Jesus persevere? Where did he get his tenacity from? It was for the joy that was set before him. Think about this. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus' hands to the cross. Jesus was nailed to the cross, but it wasn't the nails that held his hands to the cross. Remember who Jesus is. At any moment, he could have called 10,000 angels to come and rescue him. Jesus was not powerless. He was the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, but he also was the Lion of Judah. And at any time, he could have roared and consumed all of his enemies. See, he was nailed to the cross, but the nails are not what held his hands to the cross. Can you see the scene? There are the enemies of Jesus. They're mocking him and they're taunting him. They're trash-talking Jesus on the cross. Look at what they say. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. There's that phrase again, come down. Come down. Come down from the cross. But Jesus would not come down from the cross. He was doing a great work, and he would not come down from the cross because in order to save himself, or in order to save others, he could not save himself. Have you noticed how in life that's true? In order to save others, he could not save himself. It wasn't the nails that held Jesus' hands to the cross. It was the joy that was set before him. It was the salvation of mankind. 
It was his vision of you and his vision of me that held his hands to the cross. That's how much we are loved by him. He was doing a great work, and he would not come down. Hallelujah. So let me ask you this weekend, where have you set your eyes? Friend, I I know this battle. If I set my eyes on the opposition, if I set my eyes on my frustrations, if I set my eyes on discouragement, if I look down, it's only a matter of time until I come down. But when I look with my eyes, if I set my eyes on the great God that I have, if I set my eyes on the great work that he's given me to do, friend, if I look at my great God and great work, then God gives me the great grit that I need. I'm doing a great work, and I will not come down. Let's give God praise. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. I got grit. Say that with me. I got grit. What does grit look like? What does grit sound like? It sounds like Pastor Scott Cody's wife, Sharice. Listen to this amazing story of God Grit. My name is Sharice Cody, and I am a second lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps. The dream and calling that God has placed on my life is to lead those who lead and to serve those who serve. My biggest fear um, stepping out for this dream was that I would fail. all of my life I felt, you know, if, if this was something I ever had the guts to pursue, um, I always felt that I wouldn't be strong enough to accomplish it. And I remember before leaving, um, just having this conversation with Scott, he, was, he prayed over me and then he said, you know, I really feel like God just wants me to tell you that um, this is a dream that you're stepping out uh, into. And when the storms come, and there will be storms that come, It's going to be a matter of what you do in that situation. Will you keep your eyes focused on God? If you can keep on taking it, you're going to make it all the way through. So uh, I'm at OCS, and I mean, it's hard, you know, it's challenging, but uh, this is something I've always dreamed of doing. So I literally just, at the end of every day, when you're tired and you're exhausted and you should be sleeping, I would just lay awake in my rack, and I would just be so excited that, like, man, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I actually get to do this. Week six happens, and and by this time I start to notice uh, just this pain, you know, in my hip. And it got to the point where, you know, I could hardly walk. Checked in with medical that day, and then two days later, they they told me, you know what, you're done, you're going home. Like, it's over, it's finished. And I just remember being so devastated. During that time, you know, waiting to be picked up by the bus, uh, the colonel of OCS, Uh, comes in and says, Candidate Cody, you have what we're looking for. Come back and see us this summer. Shakes my hand and is gone. So I had made up my mind like, okay, I'm going to go to physical therapy. I'm going to work really hard to recover, first of all, and then I got to get strong again so I can go back. And um, I remember... January 10th, um, just another day, I was, I was at work and I get a phone call from my mom that uh, my brother 
had been in a car accident and uh, it was really bad that I needed to come right away. So Scott and I, you know, we jump on the first available flight and, um, and my brother passed before we were actually able to get there. You know, just within this short period of time, having to go through uh, just facing both of these realities um, and what it meant for us and for our family, it was just a really difficult time. Thinking back, you know, to what Scott had said before I left for OCS um, and just the fact that, hey, I'm going to step out and I'm going to pursue this dream and there's going to be storms and it's about you know, what you do in those moments when the storm comes. And then the question was, you know, now with my brother gone, what was I going to do next? And I really felt during that time of just pressing into God's heart and just sharing, you know, the pain and the emotion I was going through, I really just felt that spirit just within me rise up and say, you know, this is something that you need to go back and finish this journey that you started. Um, because again, it was always about uh, getting to know God more. It was just my way of showing the enemy that like, you know what, I know God is good and I know that he loves me and I know that I can trust him and I want to see him do the impossible. And so being able to come back to OCS and just have that fire and that passion and that drive, um, it was just super motivating. You know, just having grit is more than just having patience or having endurance. It's just, it's this mental fortitude to have like a reckless abandonment for God and to trust in who God is so much because you know Him so well that when He gives you that mission, when He gives you that task, to accomplish, that you have the faith to see it through to the end, no matter what. Would you give Officer Cherise Cody, oh boy, and her husband Scott. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what grit looks like. It's what grit sounds like. And I believe God wants to do something in all of our lives. If this weekend you feel like giving up, friend, this is the week to rise up and build. We're doing a great work and we will not come down. I want you just to say, would you, if you're comfortable doing this, just lift up your hands to God. Let's lift our vision to God and the work that he's given us to do. And can we make that declaration together? Let's say that memory verse one more time. I'm doing a great work, and I will not come down. One more time. I'm doing a great work, and I will not... One more time. Let it be your faith declaration. I'm doing a great work, and I will not come down in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah.
Amen. Amen.